Hello, and welcome to the inaugural episode of The Pull List. This is the comic book podcast, part of the, excuse me, uh, Ridiculous Rants Network. My name is George Loftus. I'll be your host. With me today is Ben Riddick. Hey, what's up, everyone? Ivan Laskonic. How's it going, everybody? And Mike Vitelli. Aquaman is badass. I, w- I-, I could agree with that. Yeah, that's right. You, you heard it here first, people. <laughs> um, <laughs> you-, you had me on pins and needles when you said bad, and I was about to leap through the computer <laughs> and after you. You know, freaking Aquaman, when, when they rebooted in the new 52, uh, I was I was pretty happy with Aquaman. I'm not going to lie. Well, that, was a, that was a good book. I wish he stayed on it longer, like the way he did. Like, oh, yeah. If he did to Aquaman yeah. what he did to Green Lantern, that would, we're getting ahead of ourselves. Let's Nine years this. later. <laughs> hey, this Let's is a comic book podcast, and we are talking about comic books. We are, but no <laughs> one knows who we are, so let's take care of that part first. All right. Yes. And kick it off. Why don't, you, why don't you tell us a little bit about yourself? Well, I'm, I'm Ben. Some people call me ridiculous, um, and uh, I, I host this other little show called Ridiculous Rants. We're huge, hugely nerdy. Um, I'm 25 years old, uh, and uh, I love love comic books. And uh, I would have to say, probably one of my what, what got me into comics, at least, was Amazing Spider-Man. Um, I started reading that when I was 11, and I started at issue one and have read every single issue of Amazing Spider-Man that has released since then. Wow. Yeah. That's that's more than 700 issues, just so you know. That's that's quite a bit, yeah. According to the numbering, it should only be 700. It should only be 700, but... You've got your point ones and your point twos and your, you know, side story arcs and weird things and point now, yeah, point now, point now, point now issues. All right, Ivan, why don't you uh, tell us a little bit about yourself? All right, so I just started reading comics about two years ago, Um, so I'm fairly new to the game. Thank you, thank you. I'm 24 years old, coming to you from sunny Portland, Oregon. Home of uh, hipster writer Matt Fraction, you know, Rucka and all the other guys I should know a lot more about, but I don't. (laughs) (laughs) But that's what I'm here for. I'm here to listen. I'm trying to learn from you guys. That's why I'm here. So. Cool, cool. And also, it's nice having you here because you're going to give us a, a fresh perspective of someone who's dipped in recently, experienced, you know, read some books, hasn't read others. Like, that'll be a good point of view to have. And finally, uh, Mike, why don't you tell us a little bit about yourself? Um, I'm Mike. I'm 16. Uh, I like comic books. I probably jumped into comic books because of Batman. My dad had this big bin of Batman comics, and a bunch like there were X-Men and stuff in there, but I was mainly there for Batman. Um, and so I don't really know what they were. I just read through a ton of them, got into it that way, and yeah. Cool. Well, let me tell you right now, that's exactly how Jeff Johns got started. So, <laughs> You're the next Jeff Johns. You heard it here first, ladies yeah. and gentlemen. Mike yeah. Vitelli, the next Jeff Johns. Yeah, I mean, he used to go to his uh, grandparents' house, and like his grandfather's had a whole mess of Flash issues up in the attic like in the summers, and that was all Jeff Johns would do was just read that. That was, that was what gave him the bug for comics. Were they oh, also written by Jeff Johns? Uh, those were not written by Jeff Johns. <laughs> those were it was uh, old sixties like Barry's Allen, Barry, Barry Allen's flash stuff. Got it, got it. Yeah, and uh, I'm already learning. <laughs> there you go, man. All right, and uh, finally myself, George. Um, 
I've been reading comics off and on all throughout my life. It just sort of seemed like, oh, I haven't read a comic book in a while. Let me go pick one up kind of deal. And, you know, I just read iconic characters and just didn't really understand what was going on. And then um, some reason in like seventh or eighth grade, I just decided I was really into comic books. And then I started going weekly in ninth grade as soon as I like moved back to the United States. Um, I used to live in South America. That was a weird year. Uh, and so I came back and that was just such an awesome time to pick up comics. Um, Jeff Johns, the guy we were just talking about, he just put out Green Lantern number one. Uh, Brian Michael Bendis just started New Avengers number one. Uh, Civil War was happening like a year down the road, but like House of M had just started and that was a really fun uh, book. House um, of M. Infinite Crisis was just starting, like all the countdowns, Infinite Crisis books had just started. So that was, uh, I was fortunate. That was a very, very cool time to. A lot going on. Yeah, just dip your toes into comics and um, pretty much Very overwhelming time to get into comics, too. I mean, yeah, it was awesome because I finally discovered like that was right when Wikipedia became big. And so I was able to do research and I would have like spreadsheets on my computer like, OK, I have this issue of the crossover, but not this one. I've called the shop in Ellsworth. They don't have it. I need to go to Bangor. Oh, biggest, oh, biggest fucking nerd you've ever met, man. Yeah. Um, and yeah, you know, collected them all throughout college. I went abroad my junior year, stopped collecting them for that year. Then I came back and had so much money to spend catching up. And I've had kind of a weird relationship with them recently, but uh, just, just, that? The, just traveling, moving around. Uh, I, moved, I moved from Maine to California. And so couldn't bring all my, my back issues with me, unfortunately. Um, but yeah, Marvel now has got me uh, really excited just because it's all these series, fresh start. I'm going in blind you know read some of the major stuff that's come out but for the most part um just it's like dating an old girlfriend again kind of deal it's uh <laughs> oh, you've, learned, you've learned some new tricks but like your the jokes that made me laugh all those years ago still make me laugh now so it's it's nice very nice all right cool books just like dating your old girlfriend exactly <laughs> exactly like it some, yeah something all comic book readers can relate to <laughs> Okay. Uh, <laughs> That's right. And a comic book comment aside. All right, check, check. All right. Well, uh, let's get into like what we read. Oh, quick thing about the format of the show. We always talk about the books that came out the week before. We've all got lives. We've all got stuff to do. We don't have time to read every book that comes out on Wednesday, record on Thursday. We've just be like doing other things like earning money at our jobs and um hanging out with people in the three-dimensional space so we, we do that and wait, so wait, wait, wait. Um, george this doesn't pay unfortunately no I um so i quit my job for no reason you, uh, you <laughs> did I'm, I'm very sorry hopefully you have some comics you can sell in the meantime oh god just, just for petty cash uh okay. but yeah we, we always talk about last week's books just uh it's a chance for us to catch up and a chance for you to stay spoiler free on uh whatever's coming out this week so let's get uh, let's get to the books all right uh, ben, last week, all-new X-Men number 26 came out. Yes, it did. Uh, following the events of uh, the trial of Jean Grey, too. Uh, I'm, I'm, a, I'm a huge fan of uh, all-new X-Men. Uh, for those of you who don't know, all-new X-Men brought the, uh, the original cast and crew of the, uh, the Xavier's X-Men uh, from the past into the present time. Mm-hmm. Um, hopefully, uh, the, the idea was to teach... Old Cyclops a lesson, and that killing Xavier uh, was was bad. Um, didn't necessarily end up that way, and now they're stuck in in this time period. Uh, but it's really cool because we get to see 
a Jean Grey again. And, uh, you know, the issue 26 is definitely setting up for something, something quite big. Um, and, uh, it's going to be another, another run in with the, with the brotherhood of mutants. And I'm just all excited. Cool. 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 All right. Uh, <coughs> pardon me. Um, it's going on the list alphabetically. Amazing Spider-Man number one. Brand new uh, relaunch post-Superior Spider-Man came out last week. We're actually not going to talk about that. We're going to save that for our topic of the week. Um, yeah, so still going down the list. Uh, Avengers number 28 came out. Ben, did you, uh, did you read that? I did not get Avengers last week, or I haven't read it from last week yet. It's on my, it's, it's on the, on my Comixology app ready for me to read. It's just uh, that, that was not one of the ones that I, that I jumped into right away. Yeah, unfortunately. Fair enough. fair enough. All right, uh, we'll go down the list. Uh, Avengers World Number 5 came out, which is a book that I'm super excited about, just because um, the scope about it is so weird. Like, the first issue set up so many different storylines, and it just seemed like, holy crap, this is globetrotting, this is Avengers breaking down into three-person teams, doing this, they're trying to put out fires all over the world and prevent new ones. Um, really interesting book with a whole bunch of uh, just new dynamics for things we've seen before. Like for the first time ever that I can remember in comics, AIM isn't a joke. Like advanced idea mechanics, terrorist group, they are a force to be reckoned with. They are someone you should take very, very seriously. And that's super exciting to me because why wouldn't a whole bunch of the smartest people in the world with intentions to do evil, why would you ever not take them seriously? And you're finally doing that. Yeah. Exactly. Uh, um, the, uh, the art is great. It's done by uh, Stefano Cassielli, um, who, Got like his first big break that I can remember of uh, with Avengers: The Initiative a couple years ago. So it's nice seeing him return to the Avengers universe. Um, and the cool thing about this book is it's really epic in scope. It's uh, the intention was to show the geography of the Marvel universe. Um, you know, it's really just highlighting global threats and um, making them personal along the way. Like it, it's really cool. Like there was one issue completely focused on a fight between Shang-Chi and the Gorgon, which was just fucking awesome. Like that was just such an enjoyable read. And uh, this last issue focused on Manifold, who is an incredibly interesting character that I can't say I know a lot about, but um, this was a great insight into him. And uh, it's just a fun book. And if you're interested in Avengers, I really can't recommend this enough. It sounds really authentic. It looks great. And it has all the cast members you love and introduces you to some new ones. Awesome. That's, cool. Sounds like a good way to to get some coverage on all the Marvel heroes that, that don't usually get a lot of coverage. Yeah, definitely. Um, you know, it's just in, in the John Hickman book, like everyone, I feel like there's it's such a large cast, but not a lot of people get the time to shine. And this book seems to be taking a step back and just being like, nope, we're going to give a whole issue to Shang-Chi. Nope, we're going to give a, a whole two-thirds of an issue to Manifold. And it's just it's it's a nice change of pace because it shows all these smaller cogs and how they function within a greater machine. And so I, I like it. It's perfectly paced so far. Is that, like, slowing down the overall plot at all, or is it benefiting uh, it? It's, to some regards, I guess it is slowing down the plot just because, like, one story gets the highlight in one issue, and then you have to wait until the next issue to see, like, where something else is picking up. Um, so I guess in that regard, it's not, like, the most balanced. But it's What you're saying is it's, like, lost. Kind of, actually, <laughs> yeah. No. Uh, I don't know if that was a joke, but, like, it, in, in some regards, yeah, it totally is, like, lost. Or it's just like, oh, the smoke monster is an issue this week. <laughs> we'll, for, we'll forget about him next time. It's the, it's the 
fucking people on the other side of the island we got to worry about now. Um, yep. But it's it's written really well. Like I'm I'm enjoying it immensely. I think it's a, a very fun book, especially if you're scared to jump into Avengers just because it seems like a daunting huge franchise. Like make no mistake, it is a huge franchise, but this is a pretty good take on Avengers, and it's very very digestible. I will say when they when they rebooted Avengers, what was it? Last year, year and a half ago, something yeah, like two years ago, like the Hickman stuff. Yeah. Wow, really? Was it two years ago? Jesus Christ. Um, no, that that stuff was really great and uh, kind of kind of set up uh, a lot to show what uh, Avengers World would be like. So mm. it, even that's a a good place to pick up like a couple trades of maybe. Yeah, I mean, I, I remember starting that series, and I loved it, but I was thinking, like, man, this is Avengers 1. This is, like, the first series to launch, like, after the movie. This shit is too dense for, like, someone just coming in off the street. Like, there is so much going on. And even I, like, I love John Hickman. I know how he layers his stories. I was still going on Reddit, like, trying to figure out, like, all the disparate connections between, like, every issue. Yeah. And there was a whole bunch of stuff I missed. But, like, this one just is way more digestible and doesn't sacrifice I, intelligence. I will also time. say the, the other issue with uh, that relaunch of Avengers was uh, that at that time, he really should have uh, picked a better-known villain. Um, because I mean, at least to, to hook more readers, I think, or the new ones that just watched Avengers and are like, Oh, I want to try reading Avengers comics. And then they pick this one up and they're like, who the hell is this guy? Right. Uh, that's fair. Isn't that a pretty <sighs> common problem with uh, comics while there's movies and stuff coming out? Like you think you're going to be able to jump over to the books and all of a sudden they've, they've already been telling a different story for the last, you know, year or two and yeah, six months and. But they have they have such they have a really good warning that this, these movies are going to come out. I mean, come on, uh, Avengers two is coming out in 2016, 2015, 2016, 2015. But we knew about it last year. Yeah. Okay. So that's two years. So I mean, you you can think, okay, let's try to wrap up this story. So by the time Avengers two comes out, we have a new story starting that people can jump in on. Mm-hmm. Uh, I I just feel like. Marvel does the expanded universe very well, um, but it's, uh, like especially with their TV shows going into the movies and and vice versa. But at the same time, I, I they they struggle in my opinion going from uh, the comics to the movies or or vice versa. Yeah. But, uh, yeah. Let's hear some. Uh, let's hear some new voices. Uh, Ivan, you read Silver Surfer two last week, correct? I did read Silver Surfer two last week, and I loved it. I am on board with Silver Surfer now. Um, I'm still holding out a little bit from the first issue. I didn't know if I was going to be able to pick it up month to month, but after issue two, and someone mentioned online actually that oh, this kind of reminds me of uh, you know 2005 Doctor Who episodes. Everything's just kind of wacky space adventures. Mm-hmm. And after, as soon as I heard that, I went back, I looked out, looked it over again, and yeah, I'm on. I'm in for the long haul. It's beautiful book, uh, great writing, uh, no overly silly wacky humor, even though it is funny. But it's like it's funny in a, a we can relax and have a good time kind of way, not in a we're trying to make you laugh kind of way. Gotcha. And I love it. I absolutely adore it. Yeah. Can you talk about what changed between issue one and issue two for you? Um, well, I, th- I think it was, uh, coming out of issue one, the Never Queen, is that mm-hmm. her name? Yeah. Yeah. Uh, Queen of Nevers. So I, I, I wasn't, 
I didn't really know, oh, well, why do we have to go against this threat? And it seemed like a threat at the time. And then uh, coming into issue two and what's changed since then, uh, it just, yeah, I didn't know it was going to go that direction. Maybe I should have expected it. I don't know. But uh, I'm way more interested in Silver Surfer as a character and, you know, the supporting character, too, just because of how they reacted to the twists and the changes in the story that they're part of. So, yeah, no, I really like it. Yeah, I, I love that she wasn't helpless. You know, she was the one, like, instigating the uh, the escape. Yeah, and you found out uh, really quickly, too, uh, why, like, the Never Queens, everybody's motivations, pretty much. Yeah. And I thought that, I thought that was going to be drawn out, like, oh, I'm going to have to wait months to find out what's the point of this all. But no, they're moving along at a really good pace, and mm-hmm. uh, that's enough to keep my attention, so... Yeah, no, I, I agree. I thought that was a fantastic book. Um, so you would recommend it for Doctor Who fans? Oh, I would yeah. recommend it for Doctor no, Who fans. Yeah. Uh, I'd recommend it for people who just flat out don't read Marvel books. Uh, I don't read that many Marvel books myself. I didn't know anything about most of the characters. Well, I didn't know anything about Surfer coming in pretty much. Mm. But I'm having a good time. I don't feel like I'm missing anything. I don't feel like anything's over my head or there's any references in it that I won't appreciate just because I haven't read the last couple of years. So I think it's really friendly for new readers and people who haven't touched the character before. Yeah. I'm really excited to jump into that this week. I heard you guys talk about one and you guys were a little hesitant. So I didn't know if I should jump in. So now that you're telling me that two's really good. I'm probably going to go and do it monthly now. Mm-hmm. It sounds good. Yeah. I, I loved one. It just, it felt like the right amount of quirky and, and weird you know, without being too, um, without being too dense or too heavy, you know, like it, it did a really good job of balancing the strange and the fun, which got me excited for issue two. And then issue two just, yeah, cemented it. It's just like, no, this is a book worth picking up on a monthly basis. Right. All right. Um, what's the girl's it. name? Uh, uh, I can't remember. Yeah. I don't, I feel bad. I don't remember her name yet, but I just, I really like that. So she wears a lot of ladybug motifs, like her dress, um, everything. And even the cover of number one, they're escaping a planet of what looks like giant flying space ladybugs. And I like that they can toy around with the same kind of color patterns because they show her in flashbacks as a kid and things like that. And she's Mm -hmm. still wearing the same kind of outfit. And I like that they can kind of do that in a cartoon kind of way. Mm -hmm. But you just go along with it. You're just like, okay, uh, this is how I know it's this character, and it's fun, and everyone's having a good time. Yeah, her name is her name is Dawn. Sorry, it's confusing because uh, she actually has an identical twin in the book, so I wasn't sure which which one she was and which one her sister was. <laughs> um, but yeah, her name is Dawn, and she's yeah, super great character. Um, it almost feels like uh, remember in Iron Man three when you saw like the little kid. Yeah. You just kind of groaned. You're like, oh man, a little kid in a movie. It ruined this movie. Yeah, fucking of course this happened. And the kid turned out to be like one of the highlights of Iron Man 3, I thought. And so, like, they're just. The only highlight, some might say. (laughs) (laughs) That's a story for another day, though. Yeah, I I guess. Absolutely. Hmm. All right. Uh, Michael, did you pick up Injustice? Yeah, I did. And the thing about Injustice is nothing really happens from issue to issue. Like, stuff happens, but it's like so little that it's barely anything. Mm-hmm. So honestly, if people want to pick this up monthly, I don't do it. Uh, it comes out every two weeks, doesn't it? I thought. Uh, I think it is every two weeks. Yeah. Oh yeah. So, um, they do compendiums now, um, which are they compile the 
so they had year one and they compiled the first half of year one and they're doing a second book. I don't know if it's out yet or not. I'd say wait till those are out because it's way more satisfying to read that. Cause after reading that, I was like, wow, that was awesome. And now picking these up every two weeks or whatever, it's like, they're, they're 20 pages, but a lot of it is just like talking and very little things happen from issue to issue. And it's kind of like, ah, oh, are they 20 of... pages or 20 digital pages? Like the top half, bottom half kind of, cause I don't know if you've ever uh, gotten like the physical version of a digital book from DC, but, uh, their digital pages, like they, when they publish them in print, they just, they take yeah, like, two pages, <laughs> top half, bottom half. And is it anything like that? Or is it full? It, Injustice is uh, top half, bottom half. So it's theoretically, if you got it in paper, it would be a 10 page book. Yeah. Well, yeah. So I can see where that's coming from now. So, I mean, yeah, I mean, it is every two weeks, but still, I mean, like 10 pages and they don't do much with the 10 pages. It just, There's, it doesn't. They're also only 99 cents. So. Oh yeah. I mean, yeah. You get what you pay for. Now. Yeah. I, I think uh, the books like that, like Injustice and uh, Smallville and Batman Beyond, those uh, those digital first titles um, are are great for people that are trying to just get into comics. Like they're starting off, and they're really good little bite size bite sized yeah. bits, and they're based on a greater franchise that that people might already have uh, have yeah, been doing. Yeah. yeah. Yeah, I think yep. when it comes to Injustice, either if you're just trying to get into comics, like Ben was saying, that's awesome then. But also, if you really like the game and you want to know what happened, I'm not going to talk about what happened in the game, but there's a large time gap. If you want to find out what happened in between those, it's interesting enough if you really like that game. Cool, cool, cool. All right, uh, Ben, you uh, you read uh, Batman Eternal, didn't you? I did. I am such a big fan of Batman Eternal. It's not even funny. So good. Um, I mean, it, it's it is showing just how like the the whole thing sets up uh, and doc, uh, Doctor Commissioner Gordon is uh, <laughs> you know taking the blame for this this incident that happens in Gotham and uh, he's pretty much thrown in jail for it. And uh, I, I mean that that's a huge piece of it. And Carmine Falcone is back. Uh, in Gotham trying to reclaim the city. So it's like there, there's just so many big things going on at once that uh, that it's kind of, to me, it's very reminiscent of uh, of Nightfall, you know, way back in the day, how, uh, okay, okay. you know, ev- everyone was really beaten down on, uh, on Batman, and then eventually it just all culminated in, you know, Batman breaks his back. Or Bane breaks Batman's back. Um, you know, mental breakdown turns into the physical breakdown, and I'm very interested to see where this goes. And uh, what I've been really enjoying about it is uh, there have been some some good cameos um, of of other Batman characters that that have their own books. I mean, uh, what was it last week? It was uh, Batgirl that was in it, and uh, Barbara Gordon is one of my one of my favorite favorite characters in the Batman universe. Um, so it, it was, it was fun to see her and, uh, you really get to, you get a great sense of the relationship that commissioner Gordon and Batman have. Um, and it's, uh, it's very interesting. 
and, and very enjoyable. I mean, Ivan, you're reading it too, right? Oh yeah, I'm I'm loving it. I'm not completely caught up. I did read last week's issue though. I have kind of a small gripe about it, and I think this has to do with only because uh, of what happened during the death of the family arc. But uh, every, you know, the whole Bat family is ganging up on Bruce for acting irrational once you know the Joker's come back. Yep. And you know, here we have Bruce kind of approaching Barbara and be like, "Hey, you're acting irrational. Maybe you're a little too close to this." And I kind of feel like that. It's the same path, you know, just, and since they've both been down it now, I just, I don't feel like the conflict there should be happening. I feel like they should understand each other a little bit more now, but uh, I don't know. I can see that. Yeah. I'm, I'm more obsessed over why uh, Falcone's wearing a t-shirt with a rose on it. Uh, yeah, that, that was, that was a little weird. And, little... and this, and this guy who it seems is, uh, you know, mind controlling everyone. Um, very interested in uh in, in this uh in this storyline i'm i can't wait to see to see where it goes oh yeah loving it cool. um, and if if you're if you're a batman fan like if you know you've really only watched the animated series or the cartoon or you've played the games um you know we're only we're only five issues in now um and this is definitely definitely a place to start uh with batman Oh, yeah. I think if you're only reading one Batman book, it can be Batman Eternal, and you're getting your money's worth every week. Um, the writing team's been great. The art's been, you know, pretty fantastic so far. So, yeah. yeah. In it for the long haul. Awesome. And, uh, Michael, did you pick up Uncanny Avengers Annual? I did, but I have not read it yet. All right, perfect. We can, we can skip that one. <laughs> ben, did you pick up Batgirl Annual? Um, I did not pick up Batgirl Annual. Um, I'm not. I'm not always into reading annuals. Um, just like I, I will if they have a key key plot point in it. But uh, uh, sometimes I, I can't justify spending the extra couple bucks to get the to get the annual. No, fair enough. All right. Well, that just leaves the uh, last two books I read. I read Hulk number two. And um, I've been looking at like uh, I've been looking at reviews online for Hulk, and they're not so favorable. And I, I don't really understand why. I think it's uh, a writer on it right now. Uh, it is Mark Wade. Okay. And mm-hmm. so very good, very confident writer. This guy knows his stuff. Uh, he was writing the Indestructible Hulk, which was like a really fun book. Loved just, that book. Yeah, I it. it was. It was just let's turn the Hulk loose. Like let's take advantage of how smart Bruce Banner is. And then when he has to turn to the Hulk, like he's a gun. Like let's just point him in the right direction, <laughs> kind of deal. Like that was a really cool take. I think, I think that's of him. like almost an ex- a direct quote from issue one of Indestructible Hulk. Yeah, I, yeah. I yeah. think like, it was. Let me, it's just, let me be your gun. Just point me in the right direction when you need yeah. me. It was it was so simple. It was so elegant and smart. And uh, that was that was a really great take on him. And this is like uh, this series so far. Um, it's all centered around someone shot Bruce Banner. Like someone figured out a way to hurt Bruce Banner instead of the Hulk. And so now he is no longer a genius. Like that's the premise of this book. He, um, uh-huh. yeah, he's like a recovering gunshot to the head <laughs> person. Oh, wow. Yeah. And so he, uh, he's lost his smarts. He still can turn the Hulk, but he's nowhere near as, you know, valuable as Bruce Banner anymore. Mm. And he's sort of in witness protection in this issue. And it's, it's interesting. It's got great, art by Mark Bagley. Like that guy knows how to draw kinetic stuff. He knows how to like convey movement really well. And so it's a, it's a fun book. I don't understand why people are being so harsh on it. I think it is just because it's a little, 
less serious so far than uh, than the last book. Um, and that's a weird thing to say because it is about dealing with uh, trauma. But um, you know, I would also just, venture to guess that it's not the Bruce Banner that people know. Um, so, so I mean, that's fair. Yeah, no, he's he's used to like he's smarter than Tony Stark. Like that's an established fact in the Marvel universe and like now we were, we're just not seeing it and so like it is confusing just to see like what's going on here and then he's you know incredibly smart rocket scientist Bruce Banner and other books like so like that's kind of confusing but I mean if you just take it at face value of just like a standalone Hulk story which is I don't know I, I get really upset when people get really critical about continuity I think as far as comic book go, comic books go that's like the lowest thing you should ever worry about is just right. um but but how come in this issue he's wearing this costume and then in this issue that came out the same month he's wearing that? It's like you're a fucking loser if that's really all you care about. <laughs> yeah, that's no, just like oh yeah, you're right. Him wearing two different costumes the same month is weird, but him shooting webs out of his hands, like that's not weird. Yeah, okay. No. okay. Yeah, Are we still sure. talking about the Hulk? Yeah, it's just it's just comics in general. But like okay. I don't know, I, I think it's a fun enough story. Um honestly I wouldn't recommend picking it up in single issues. I would recommend waiting for the uh the entire arc to release and like a trade paperback just because first two issues were good but um i don't know like i think it's gonna be like i, I think the sum is gonna be greater than its parts on this story and so like i'm still picking it up but um then i'll wait until issue six and then i'll decide if i want to pick this book up monthly and then or uh, just trade weight it but i don't know if, it, if you're curious definitely check it out it's it's a fun book um and other than that uh, new avengers number 17 which um a lot of people think is like the stronger of uh, John Hickman's two Avengers titles. And so far I have to agree just because it's taking some of the most iconic uh, noble characters and just running them through a moral gutter. Like they are, they're so boned. They're doing terrible things every issue, but they are undeniably being heroes. And uh, it's, it's great. It's, it's a really fascinating take on all these people. Uh, for those who don't know, um, all the time travel in the Marvel universe has strained the barrier between realities. And uh, there are these things called incursions where a weak barrier between a universe is protruding onto another one. And earth is always the focal point just because it's a comic book made on earth. So of course it's the most important place in the universe. Uh, And so like the easiest way to save your universe is to go to this other place and destroy that earth. And sometimes there are, already destroyed because of weird cosmic things that have happened there. And sometimes there's resistance. Um, hmm. Like in the first hmm. arc, they went to a world and Galactus was devouring and they were like, do we stop this or do we <laughs> let him do this? So our universe is safe. And so like, you know, it's a really interesting moral conundrum and they're going up against like a series of justice league analogs, which is pretty fun so far. Um, it's got I, great. I, I might have to pick this one up. This, this sounds really good. <laughs> Yeah, yeah, it does. It's a it's a good book. Um, the new Avengers tie-ins were really strong during Infinity, um, and it's got all that momentum going forward. It's it's really fun. Um, and Rags Morales is doing work at Marvel, which is awesome. Never thought I'd see that. He, he was always really tied to DC ever since Identity Crisis. Um, and yeah, it's a it's a good book. Awesome, cool. Yeah, and that about. Uh, that about catches up. Guys, if you can only pick up one book on your pull list, or yeah, one book from uh, last week on your pull list, what would it be? Mm, let's oh, see here. Oh, man. Well, last week was really slow for me, so I guess it would have to be Batman Eternal. Okay. Yeah. Uh, that was ben? Go-to. 
I really want to be able to say Amazing Spider-Man issue one, just mm. because I love Amazing Spider-Man. I mean, the, the Amazing Spider-Man is what got me into comics, and it was a phenomenal book, mm. but I don't think it was better than uh, Batman Eternal. Okay. So I, I would have to agree with Ivan. I mean, Batman Eternal was... Uh, it, it was it's fantastic, and uh, you know they um, Scott Snyder is doing Batman Eternal, I think, uh, uh, along yeah. with about everybody yeah. else at DC. Yeah, yeah. James James Tinney in the fourth is on it too. I know that much. Like, he's, yeah. I think he's writing like this current stint. Um, right. It, it's uh, apparently it's a teamwork from Scott Snyder and James Tinney in the fourth. Um, but I mean, their, their, their Batman is, uh, is pretty fantastic. And, uh, I, there's so many different Batmans out there. There's Batman, there's detective comics, there's Batman, Superman, there's the dark Knight, uh, Batman and Robin. There's so much Batman out there, mm-hmm. um, that it can be really hard to say that one Batman sticks out from another, but Batman Eternal, by and large, uh, I would say, sticks out from from all the other Batmans right now. Awesome. So, all right, um, Michael, of all the books um, you read last week. So, since I didn't read Uncanny Avengers, and <laughs> I have some issues with Injustice, I'm stuck saying Amazing Spider-Man, even though I have some problems with it. All right, and yeah, we'll we'll address those in a little bit. Um, if, uh, and yeah, I read a bunch last week, but, uh, you know, push comes to shove, I would have to say Silver Surfer. I thought that was gorgeous artwork courtesy of Michael Allred. It was great writing with like really interesting characters from Dan Slott. And, uh, yeah, it's just a fun adventure book, like the guilt free adventure you see in Indiana Jones. Um, like that same type of magic is captured really well, I think in this book. And it's just romantic, Spacefaring, operatic, and it's it's so much fun. Um, you're you're really, really you're convincing me very hard to, yeah, to read Silver Surfer. It's it's a good book, man. I got the, I got the first issue just sitting right here. And uh, my, my wife gives me an allowance for comics, and now I have to tell her that there there's another comic that I might have to get. <laughs> well, how about this? I have the print issues uh, for the first two, but I haven't redeemed the codes for them. Is that something you may be interested in? Oh my goodness! I would be so interested in that. <laughs> All right, well, we'll talk about it. <laughs> okay. All right. That... Cool. 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 All right, that's it. that's everyone's picks, guys. <laughs> um, all right, moving along. Um, biggest news stories to rock this week. Um, I try to stay away from solicits unless, like, the cover of the solicit on like any particular website is just gorgeous. Then I'll go do some uh, <laughs> some digging. Um, but most of the news that rocked last week was uh, TV related. Uh, yeah. a, whole, oh, man. a whole bunch of shows were picked up by networks. Um, that Gotham trailer. Seriously, oh, man. If you guys haven't seen this, uh, you need to check it out. But Fox released a trailer for their upcoming Gotham show, and it looks fucking spectacular. Uh, <laughs> it looks like... I got goosebumps at the end of, uh, of it where it's like, before Riddler, before Catwoman, before this, before that's so, that's Batman. So that's so weird to me, though, because it shows all of them, and then it shows, like, young Bruce Wayne, like, right after his parents were murdered. So, like, ostensibly all these characters are, like, what, like, 18, 20 years older than Batman? Well, not necessarily. Well, I mean, they still look like... To me, they still look like teens or, you know, very young adults. 
They did um, not come off as teens to me. And, like, that, that was, like, the only thing that was just, like, what? Like, the Riddler's like, that much older? Um, yeah. Penguin looks like not a the guy playing the Riddler. Kid. Yeah, well, I mean, yeah, I guess. But, I mean, he's he's also, what, he's 11 years old in this? That that I don't know. Oh, yeah, I'm, I'm I was just going, sure I was going off the comics where he was, like, eight when his parents were killed. So. I, I think they old. said in the show summary that he was 11 years old. Okay. I, I could yeah, be mistaken. No, I think they said 11 or 12. It was one of those. Okay. Well, that, that's, a, that's, a, that's a little bit better. That's a little bit better. But, I don't know. Uh, that, that was a really small complaint. Uh, I fucking love... Love Benjamin McKenzie. Um, I was a huge OC fan when that show was on the air. So just the fact that he's playing like a young Gordon, I am so on board for that. Yeah. I think he, I, um, I, he looks like an awesome Gordon too. Yeah, he proved I mean, he voiced Batman in the animated Batman Year One. And so oh, like, yeah. I thought, yeah, yeah. I just remember that. Uh, so he's got some ties to the DC universe, but he also he, he played a cop in Southland, and so like he's you know he's got the physicality for it. And Brian Atwood on the OC, he was a bruiser. So. I think that was how a lot of people were introduced to him was that one image of him dressed up as a cop, mm-hmm. uh, presumably from mm-hmm. Southland, and it was like, oh yeah, Gordon, got it, bringing the mustache. <laughs> yeah, uh, uh, I can't. I, I just wow. can't even, guys. When is I'm it coming so out? Excited about that. Did they say this fall? Uh, this, this fall. fall. Yeah. Oh, I don't want to wait. I think all the shows that were picked up uh, are going to premiere this next season. Yeah, which is incredible because not only that, we've also got iZombie coming to CW. Yeah, iZombie. Yeah, Ben, you're, you're, you're a big fan of this, right? I I love iZombie. Um, I met Chris Robertson um, at a comic book convention uh, right as issue three of iZombie came out. And, uh, you know, he... I got to talk to him, and I, I've seen him do other stuff, and he's just, he's a really cool guy, and mm-hmm. he's cool to talk to, and uh, he has a, a really, he took a completely different approach to zombies uh, that I absolutely love. For for those of you who don't know, um, iZombie's main character is a zombie, um, but uh, she's not a zombie in the, the normal sense. Uh, she's completely aware of, of what of what she is, and she... Um, what happens is if she does not consume brains, uh, she becomes more classic zombie-like. Okay. Um, but when she, so she becomes a med student and works as a coroner. Mm. Of course. And, uh, you know, eats the brains of these people who have been murdered. (laughs) But here's the thing. Whenever she eats these brains, she gets all their memories. Oh, so... When she eats these brains, she then goes and tries to solve that person's murder. So it's uh, it's really cool, and some of the characters in there are awesome. Like one of her best friends, a ghost, and her other friends, a, a werewolf, and you know, it, it's. Um, that sounds like another show that's on TV. But... Yeah, it, it does. But uh, to be fair, I Zombie started before Being Human started. Even the British one. Even the British one. Okay. I think I, I think I started reading iZombie like five years ago, four or five years ago. I think. Maybe I don't know. I remember picking it up like right before I went to England. I do remember that. But uh, yeah, I'm, I'm just excited that they're looking sort of outside the typical superhero fare for for TV. Um, it's yeah, no, I mean that's that's great. It started in 2010. Okay, yeah, that is when I went abroad. So. Cool. Um, let's see. Other than that, there was uh, the Flash has been officially picked up. Uh, yes. Yeah. 
Yeah, we've already seen glimpses of him in Arrow, and uh, I've liked what I've seen so far from an Arrow. I still am miffed because my Flash is Wally West, um, but I'll take any Flash I can get, to be completely honest. And so, you know, having Barry Allen, um, the one thing that worries me is just, like, <clears throat> they're really honing in on the fact that he's, like, a, a, a what is it, forensic scientist. And so right. I just, I hope it's... I hope it's a different take on CSI just because I'm so fucking burnt out on CSI and NCIS and all those shows. Yeah. The, um, the crime of the yeah, crime yeah. of the week show. Yeah. Crime porn. <laughs> exactly. Yeah. And so like, I just, I really hope they do something different with it. Like if they are a bit more self-aware about it, I think that would be great. Um, but I'm excited. going to check it out no matter what, probably stick with it. Even if it's not that great because I watched the original flash show. So I can watch any show about the Flash. He's going to be a character on this show. That's right. That's right. So, he is. Something else to be excited about. All what? right. Uh, the guy who played Barry Allen in like the original Flash show. Oh, cool. We'll be uh, making appearances on oh. this one as well. As Wally West. It's... <laughs> is that, wait, is that, is that confirmed? No. God, no. Uh, no. Fuck, yeah, I was like, no, but Wally, <laughs> but Wally's younger than Barry. <laughs> like, okay. Ah, he's a time traveler now, don't you know? Yeah, that stupid cosmic treadmill or whatever. Um, <laughs> yeah, let's see, what else? Ooh, uh, Constantine was picked up by NBC. Fuck yes. Yeah. yeah that's, uh, that, that one shot they released. No cigarette in his hand, though. Yeah, uh, that was like that was the whole crux of John Constantine was that he was a demon hunter and he had terminal lung cancer. Yeah, he's so, always about to smoke a cigarette. And I mean, yeah. even in Justice League Dark, he's always smoking a cigarette. Yeah, but that's the thing is like he's putting all these demons away and he's going to die and he's not going to heaven. So it's just like that well, was always the crux. He's like, do I make this world a better place, even though it's going to make my eternity sh- that much shittier? Or um, do I just say fuck it? And he's too good of a person to just say fuck it. And so, yeah, the smoking's kind of important. I, would you I, say just, Constantine is too good of a person? Well, he's too good of a person to not put away a like a, a demon that's ruining other people's uh, lives. Yeah, yeah, that, yeah. That, that's what I meant. Uh, I, sure. he's, He's a terrible person. <laughs> he's a terrible person. He's awesome. Um, and so I am excited for that. Uh, if you haven't seen, like, the promo for it, it's literally just a shot of a good-looking blondish guy uh, wearing a trench coat. What, uh, what I find very interesting is uh, how much of DC Comics at WB is sending off to other networks. Yeah, that was really confusing to me, too, because, like, with the films, it seems like what they're trying to do is strike Marvel Gold, where they're trying to, like, make it an interconnected universe. But with their TV shows, they're shipping them off to different networks because, like, they own CW. And so that was, you know, that's where Arrow is. That's where Flash is going. That's where... Arrow, uh, arguably the best uh, show on television right now. Just... I don't have to think about that. Yeah, I think you're forgetting about Game of Thrones, but whatever. Um, but sorry, right, that, that's, uh... it's not TV; it's HBO. Um, <laughs> but yeah, it's it's weird to me that like they they seem so bent on like unifying their film universe, but their TV universe. Um, I understand like it would be harder to organize like a crossover or anything, but um, yeah, like Fox, Marvel does it well. Fox has Gotham. Um, CW has Flash, Arrow, and iZombie. NBC has Constantine, which is also really weird because they're really conservative. Um, yeah. And so, like, they got the one about, like, the fucking demon hunter, <laughs> like the well, demon bounty hunter. Um, we'll see what they do to it. Yeah. yeah. Um, has 
DC said anything about Arrow and Man of Steel being connected or oh, is all that? No, I don't think no. they'll ever say anything about that. Uh, you want to you hear my theory on that, though? Yeah. Yeah, what's up? My theory is that uh, the events in the television show Arrow take place um, either long before the events of Man of Steel. Uh, well, that that's my main theory. My wife seems to think that it's uh, after the events of Man of Steel, but I, I'm I'm convinced that it's before. Mm-hmm. Right. Um, because, you know, none of them are really... Because they were surprised when, when Solomon Grundy was in... Uh, what right. was there and had these superpowers. Um, oh, so I think that's why there was no no nod to uh, to Man of Steel when Man of Steel came out. Um, but uh, yeah, I, that that's kind of that's kind of where I sit on that. I, so I if they have nothing to do with each other, all these shows, I'll totally be totally be okay with it. I don't want them to sacrifice anything just to line up with a show that's on another network that you might not be watching. Mm-hmm. I agree, but I think if if the show's on CW. I think, I mean, that that's the best opportunity for WB to say, you know what, Flash and Arrow, they are the same same Flash and Arrow that are in the Justice League. That'd be great. Yeah. yeah. I remember uh, there was this cool, it was a Photoshop image, but it was the coolest thing ever. You know in Man of Steel when Zod, uh, like the TV thing happens where he says you are not alone? Yeah, I think we saw the oh, same with, thing. With Batman? Uh, it was that, and then there was one with um, Arrow in it when he wasn't dressed up in the Arrow suit, looking at a TV like that. And uh, they did that for like a couple of heroes or whatever, and they, including uh, for the next Flash series. And I was like, oh, I wish that'd be so crazy <laughs> if that happened in the show. But I mean, uh, both both the Flash and uh, the Oliver Queen, they or at least the Flash seems very young. So I, I feel like that taking place in the past. Could be yeah. very feasible. Yeah. Um, yeah. Even even Ollie is pretty young. I mean, what at, at most he's like twenty five, mm. theoretically. Because you got to imagine, yeah. like, it, it, you know, Arrow should be going for a couple more years at least if everyone's into it. And if that's the case, the more they tie it into the cinematic universe, uh, he's going to be advancing his story like every week, every year. Things are going to be changing. But in the movie side of things, uh, Man of Steel two could take place very quickly after Man of Steel 1. The Justice League could take place right after the events of the previous movie. Yeah. Right? It would just get trickier and trickier to try to line these things up with each other and say they take place during the same time period or close to it. So I'm kind of with you where if Flash and Arrow take place years before the events of the movies, I'm totally okay with that because they're both learning the ropes, kind of getting their trade together before getting into the Justice League, you know, the heroes, heroes, and that sort of thing. Yeah, I'm, I'm, I'm okay with them, like, hitting the ground running in the, <clears throat> in, in the film universe, you know, just because, like, I, I always think that's, like, one mistake with superhero films is, like, they always feel a need to introduce, like, all the pathos that people have been reading for 40 years in the comics, and it's just, like, it's, it's really like, frustrating. Don't, don't do that. Yeah, no, like, just... Start the movie and media res, you know. A co- You're a, couple, a movie. A couple, You're not a comic book. A couple of flashbooks to explain things, you know, whatever. Um, but it's just like, no, nah, man, I'm like, I don't want to see, like, I'm so sick and tired of seeing Peter Parker leaning over Uncle Ben screaming, you know. Like, I've, <laughs> I've seen that in panels. I've seen that in cartoons. I've seen that in, the like, two of the four films that are out, you know, or two of the five films that are out. Like, I, I've fucking seen it, man. Like, I get the concept of Spider-Man. It's not rocket science. I can wrap my head around it. Like, just 
open on him doing something cool and like same thing for like same thing for dc like yeah okay people watch arrow it's it's an extremely popular show they understand the concept of green arrow and like they understand the concept of flash you know we'll, we'll see this fall but i mean like yeah just make this be their foreign of years make this be them like unsure about their powers unsure about like their morality and then just introduce the version you're building towards in the show in the film you know mm-hmm. and like that um, because that becomes your new endpoint with the character in the tv show um from the in terms of retelling origin stories what i'm getting the feel from from superman versus batman is and i'm happy about this that they're not going to retell the batman origin story yeah That's I, don't, I, don't, I don't think they can yeah i just i mean i think it'd be stupid to even try to do that just like jump in and be like it's batman you know what he does no nah, there'll be a little flashback in there somewhere like yeah they'll do what they did with man of steel leaning over the edge of a rail and clark's like what's wrong and He's like, oh, you don't know how I came to be this way. And then they'll have their little flashback deal and we'll move on. Yeah, yeah but it'll but... be like a little five-minute thing where it's like, hey, my parents got shot. <laughs> yeah. Spoiler, by the way. This has never happened to anybody else. Bruce but Wayne's like, parents died. But like, that was one thing they, they actually did super smart in the original Batman movie. Uh, like, Have you guys seen the Tim Burton one? Oh, yeah, absolutely. It was so I, smart. I was... It, Thinking the that it, the entire time we were talking about the, this topic. The, the way it opened was just like you think you're about to see Bruce Wayne's parents get murdered, but you don't. You see Bruce Wayne preventing the murder. Like, you see Batman preventing the murder that was the identical murder to his parents. Like, it was so genius that, like, mm-hmm. you got that concept. And then, like, you, you don't see anything. Uh, like, there's no flashback to him seeing his parents get killed or whatever. Like, he drops a rose off at uh, Crime Alley or whatever the equivalent was in that movie. And then Vicki Vale yeah. does research on it, and then she learns the story along with the audience that way, and it just felt really natural. And yeah, so it was perfect. Um, and so, like, if they do something similar like that in the new Batman Superman movie, great. But, like, between Batman, Wonder Woman, um, Cyborg, Lex Luthor, and possibly Green Lantern, like, that one's still rumored. Like, they have a lot of balls up in the air in this new movie. And so, like, yeah, don't waste time on fucking Batman, you know? And, like, don't waste time on Arrow or flash because like people will know it by then you know like yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah. I agree. all right well i think that about wraps up our, our news segment yeah all right let's get into a uh, topic of the week which is amazing spider-man number one the reboot um or i guess like the re-establishment of uh of peter parker right, it was so good i enjoyed it was, it, was, it was good all right yeah ben you're the resident huge spidey fan so tell us why this was a good issue well, I mean, Peter Parker is Spider-Man again. It's not, uh, it's not Otto Octavius as Peter Parker as Spider-Man, um, which uh, I, I forced myself all the way through Superior Spider-Man, just hoping and hoping and hoping. Uh, and then it was like, I think, the beginning of January that they said in April, Peter Parker is going to be back. And I'm like, oh, thank God. Mm-hmm. I am so happy because I, I feel like uh, Peter Parker – or Spider-Man really lost his uh, smarminess. Um, but it was really interesting to watch Peter Parker kind of take over the uh, Doc Ock in- inhabited Peter Parker again, if that makes sense. <laughs> um, but it, it was it was a really interesting uh, issue and uh, it, very well worth the, the $5 that it was because... It was, it it, was $6, but... Was it 6 No, it was, it was, it was $4.99. It was, it was $5.99. Yeah. You got a lot out of it, didn't you? You did. I mean, you, you got... Uh, essentially, this one book was 
like five books in one. Um, because it, it had Amazing Spider-Man number one, and then it kind of had a little, uh, little vignettes of, uh, like Electro and, uh, Black Cat. And then it had the entire first issue of Inhuman in it as well. I was, I was so pissed about that because I bought Inhuman the same day. And it's like, if I just known, I would have just, you know, I would have been able to like buy a taco, my favorite taco place on the way back instead of just wasting my money on that <laughs> fucking comic. All right. Yeah. Sorry. That was a different point. Um, um, but, uh, you know, the, they are definitely setting up Amazing Spider-Man um, to take the blame for a lot of what Doc, uh, what Otto did as Spider-Man. Mm-hmm. Uh, I mean, these little vignettes were all talking about how much of an ass Spider-Man was. Um, and already the next couple of issues are going to be going into that. And... They introduced a uh, – they they did one of the best kind of throwbacks to Peter Parker's origin story. It was three pages long, I think, uh, or maybe, let me double-check my sources. It was two pages. So theoretically, if you open the book, it's one and one. Okay. Um, and, uh, you know, they, they go over, the you know, 13 years ago, the spider bit Peter Parker before dying – and you think that it's going to go over a huge thing about, you know, Peter Parker then getting his powers. But no, instead it says, but that's not where the spider's life ended. Mm-hmm. Um, and and you, you see the spider go and uh, bite a, a girl's foot. Um, oh, so, okay. I don't know what you're talking about now. Yeah, this uh, is a, it's a setup for Original Sin, correct? Yeah, and uh, I think the, the villain's name is, is Silk. Yeah, if I remember correctly. That's correct. And uh, I am uh, I am really excited to to see where that goes. And I I bet you dollars to donuts <laughs> that uh, after uh, Original Sin has had its playthrough, mm-hmm. that Silk will probably have her own comic as well. I hope so, man. That was that was honestly the most interesting part of the book. Like I um I read Spider Man off. Um, Basically, when JMS started, uh, John Michael. That's Cusinski. a great freaking place to start. Yeah, it was him and John Romita Jr., and that was a really fun place. Mm-hmm. You know, stuck with it through. Um, he was the one who did so, the the nine eleven issue. Yeah, the great yeah. the great silent oh issue. I actually yeah. read that one. Uh, and, uh, so still really weird seeing Doctor Doom cry, but. <laughs> but um, you know, I, I get what they were going for in that issue, so I, yeah. I can over, I can overlook that quite easily. But. Um, yeah, so like did that. Um, I really liked Brand New Day. I know not a lot of people did, but that was when Spidey shifted from a monthly book to three times a month. Like they had three ongoing Spider-Man books, and they all were rebranded as The Amazing Spider-Man. And so you got quick stories. Like Don Dan Slott told a story with Steve McNiven the first month. That was awesome. Beautifully drawn book. Introduced Mr. Negative, I think. Um, mm-hmm. Yeah, great stuff. Stuck with it for most of Brand New Day, and you know, probably stopped around issue 650 because that was like when I went abroad and they were still shifting a lot. And so I just, you know, I haven't read the last 50 issues of Amazing Spider-Man Volume 1. But um, jumping into this, I just, oh, man, I thought fucking nothing happened. You know, like I, I didn't think, I thought the most interesting thing was that two-page story in the beginning that introduced Silk. Like that was honestly the coolest thing. And they, like, I've, I've seen that before, you know, like that's in other places. It was a lot of setup. Um, a lot. Oh man. Gosh. But uh, 
starting starting over i think it's it's kind of necessary I think people are going to get really confused when they see Peter Parker's midget girlfriend, but you know. I was so confused when I saw that because I was just. Yeah, like, I think you it? texted me and we're like, so when Doctor Octopus was Peter Parker, did he date a midget? I'm like, yep. <laughs> I wish you just pretended I said someone with dwarfism, but yeah, okay. Um, yeah, you know, it's too long for politically yeah. correct. So. I, did, I did, yeah, I didn't read Superior Spider-Man, so I kind of just jumped into this. I was like, oh, it's a number one. Yeah, I'll, I'll check it out. Like, what's Spidey been up to? Like, now that it's Peter Parker, that's actually Spider-Man. Cool. Um, I didn't know really what was going on. It wasn't hard to piece together what was going on, but um, I, just, I didn't think it was that interesting. Like, there was that one great moment where... Captain America and Spider Woman were just like, "Are we sure that's Peter Parker?" And Spider Woman's like, "Yeah, that's that's definitely Peter Parker." Uh, and you, you Captain, the... yeah, he's like, "How can you be so sure?" And she's like, "Because only that could happen to Peter Parker." And it was like his clothes got ripped <laughs> off by some yep. villain, and then he made a pair of like whitey tighties out of like webbing. I was like, "Okay, that's that's that's, that's, that's a pretty." One fun. of my favorite parts about that was seeing Human Torch sitting in the cafe just laughing. Yeah. yeah. It's just like, oh shit, Johnny's gonna see this and just cuts to Johnny like laughing hysterically. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> and so there are some good moments, but like I'm still not convinced that I, I need to read this book. Um and uh, I think Dan Slott's just been on Spider Man too long, to be completely honest. I was really excited when he got the start because I thought his were some like the stronger arcs in Brand New Day. Uh, like that was when he started writing Spider Man basically. Um but yeah, I think it's time for some fresh blood. I think, you know, this number one would have been a good time for it, but apparently he's not done with his Spider-Man story, and I totally respect that. But um, yeah, I'm still not convinced. I need to pick up issue two yet. Mm. Ivan, do you have any interest in uh, picking up Amazing Spider-Man? Uh, not after hearing all this. I think it's a little much for me to jump into right away. I might. Uh, I just read Spider-Man Blue. So oh, I think there's so plenty good. of stories oh, to go back to before I try to get anything current with that character, but we'll see. I'm actually more interested in checking out uh, Ultimate Spider-Man. It's mm. really, really good. Yeah, yeah. after uh, after reading Mike's review of it, um, that, uh, which if you're listening right now, it is on www.ridiculousrants.com, his review of uh, Ultimate Spider-Man. Uh, looks really promising, and uh, yes, okay. another one. Ben, I know you specifically will love this for one reason, and I'm not going to tell you why. And I think George <laughs> will really like it too. Just uh, I, I started it, I haven't finished it yet. All right, there's one thing that I just know. Yeah, you get a kick out of. Oh, yeah. Man. Okay. Let's yeah, I'm, I'm sorry. So much more interested in uh, in Miles Morales than Peter Parker at this point. Um, <laughs> especially, I just read Cataclysm, like the Ultimate Universe event from last year, and so yeah. the one where it ended, right? <laughs> the second time, yeah. <laughs> <laughs> what was uh, the What was that mute? The one with the with the mutants. That's the one that I read. The where the entire one? like what? Uh, the first big one. Um, yeah, where Magneto shifts the axis of the Earth and, like, just giant floods and all that stuff. No, 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 not that one. Um, the one where, like, the entire United States is split into, like, four different factions, one that's, that follows the Avengers, one that's so anti-mutant, and... Oh, come on. Uh, um, that was... That was... Ultimate Comics Ultimates, I think. Like that was No, that that covered the entire Ultimate universe. 
because oh. there there are a couple Ultimate Spider-Man issues. Um, Ultimate, I mean, the big one was uh, Ultimate. Uh, what what what's it called? X-Men. Ultimate X-Men. That's <laughs> the word I'm looking for. God <laughs> damn it. <laughs> Uh, I re- yeah, I, I liked the last, like, Ultimates run. I thought that was, like, the closest thing we've come to Mark Millar being on the series. But then, like, it lost so much steam as soon as John Hickman left because then I think he just shifted a whole bunch of those ideas over to Avengers and, like, the Marvel U proper. Uh, so, like, the first arc is amazing on the last uh, edition of the Ultimates. But, like, this one, I don't know, man. Like, all-new Ultimates is pretty fucking weak. Uh, as far as like the new series goes, I think Ultimate FF is a stronger book, but it's just it's a whole bunch of teens hanging out, trying to measure up to being a hero, and that's just like that's not the spirit of the Ultimates. It's like that really got me down, and so like if I'm going to stick to any Ultimate book, it's probably going to be Spider-Man or Ultimate FF. Hmm. Ah, cool. Well, uh, that about wraps us up. But um, before we go, uh, we like to have a segment we call the Runs. And so this week, Ivan's got the right. I don't know how I feel about that. (laughs) Well, it's my show, so. (laughs) So this week, Ivan, he's got the runs. Ivan's got the runs this week. Ivan, why don't you tell us about, like, an older comic story that you like that you think is worth checking out? Let me tell you about the runs. Okay. So uh, a couple months ago, I went up to Seattle for Emerald City Comic Con, and... Uh, one of the things I like to do up there is try to find a bunch of really cheap uh, trades and graphic novels. Of, you know, I'm more willing to give them a chance if they're heavily discounted than if I'm trying to buy them new off the shelf. Mm-hmm. And so um, this book called uh, Regards from Serbia caught my eye. It's by uh, Alexander Zograf, and he's a cartoonist over there. And basically it's a collection of a bunch of cartoons that he did uh, telling the story of uh, the 1991, the escalating conflict in that region of the world and then the sanctions placed on by um, NATO and the bombings and just going through all the years, all the way up to uh, 1999 and I think beyond. I haven't finished it yet. It's a really heavy book. Uh, a lot of he, he doesn't uh, he, he doesn't have an agenda. I don't think he just wants to uh, let people know what he was going through, let his friends know that he was OK and just kind of try to describe this really absurd situation that was going on in this country. And so it's a collection of cartoons about what it's like to live under sanctions and what that really means for uh, you and everybody around you. And it's like how casually he talks about um, some of the horrible stuff that's going on is just really harrowing. And even in the, the center of the book, it kind of takes like an 80 to 100 page break. And it's just a collection of emails that he sent out every day to uh, his friends and fellow comic writers around the world, uh, just kind of saying like, oh, uh, this is what was bombed today. Uh, This is how many uh, people died. Uh, We keep hearing sirens at three in the morning. And again, it's just so casual. And you can really tell that he's been through so much. And the art itself, like he draws everything. And so the art is, it's not uh, conventional. Um, Like he's very practiced and he has a definite style. And I think the rougher it is, the better it kind of communicates the point and the emotions that he's feeling. And so you can kind of forgive it for having a alternative style to it, but it's just really, really fascinating stuff. It's put out by top shelf productions Mm -hmm. and you should be able to find it really cheap. I saw it at multiple places just as a, it came out a couple of years ago, just as something, um, something interesting. There's something different, you know, away from superhero fair, violent stuff. Well, it is violent, but I mean, 
uh, overtly, you know, entertaining violence stuff, mm-hmm. I should say. Sens- sensationalized. Yeah, yeah, yeah. This is just real, well, real, I guess, but it goes into a lot of surreal, um, what people were doing for entertainment back then, uh, how crazy some people went just from the situations that they were in. And I, I just think it's a very important... Uh, very important to read maybe not for everybody but my family's from that region so it's kind of like this is a side of that conflict that i never really knew about so it's really been educational for me and i i adore this kind of thing it's actually encouraging me to find more uh, books like this more international comics from alternative sources and things like that so i think it's a good path to go down getting getting off of the the big two publishers is i just think a really good idea in general um, right, right. Because, I mean, Marvel and DC can be a huge, huge, um, like, it, it can be hugely intimidating. Um, yeah. So, I mean, go, going for some of those those little side sidebars, um, you can find some amazing, amazing stuff. It's one of the reasons I'm so excited that, uh, that Amazon bought Comixology mm-hmm. is uh, because, I mean, Amazon already has the ability to self-publish, like, Kindle books and stuff. Mm-hmm. That I'm, I'm really, I'm really hoping that uh, we'll start to see some self-published comics. Um, that, that'd be really cool. I'd like that. Just Amazon is like, oh, I, the one thing I'm glad that they did is I saw people getting really upset that they had taken in-app purchases out of the uh, the iPhone app. Yeah. Uh-huh. And uh, we we argued about this. Yeah, but. The like I was thinking about it and just like Amazon has to have a plan. Yeah. Like, Do they? They can't. <laughs> I mean, it seems to me like they don't really have too high of a profit margins for what they're currently doing. Like they do not make that much money on offering such low prices for a lot of the stuff that they sell. And yeah. I think they're actually trying to get into more uh, high profit margin areas. And I, I think that's why they're snapping up uh, content producers and distribution services and things like that. Yeah, I, th- I think they're trying to go more for digital distribution of everything. Yeah. Um, because, I mean, that's that's where they are making their money. Um, because, yeah, they don't have to ship it to you in two days. <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> because I, I, I spend, you know, that $90 a year. Uh, they don't have to ship it to me. They, they don't have to ship the digital content at all. Mm-hmm. Which, yeah. Yeah. So. All right. Well, that wraps up. So that's regards from Serbia. (laughs) (laughs) All right. Thank you very much for sharing that, Ivan. I'll be sure to check it out. Um, But, yeah, that wraps up the first uh, first issue, first episode of... uh, I think we should call these issues. Let's call them issues. That wraps up up the first issue. Yeah, let's call them issues. The poll list of the Ridiculous Rants Network. Thanks for uh, listening. Thanks for watching. All right, so, we appreciate it. And we'll be back next week to talk about this week's books. Yeah. Right. Oh, yeah, I guess that, 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 that's me now, isn't that, it? That is, that is yeah. <laughs> and it's stopping now, so we're good.